BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Initiate. Broadcasting from the Rock and Roll Bomb Shelter. I'm ready. Surrounded by radioactive biscuits and the world-famous Rock Eyes. Located 40 feet beneath the radio station. It's the Big Fat American Rock Show. With your host, the Doc of Rock, the Professor, everyone's favorite mad music magician, Crazy Uncle, and your best friend in the whole wide world, Zach Martin. Welcome back, a good friend of New HD, Diana from Trope. You certainly have been keeping busy through COVID-19 conditions. And I have to tell you that there have been many interviews between the last time that we have spoken in which I have played your cover of Tears for Fears Shout. I'd like you to talk a little bit about your new album. I think I got it down. We we had a little, uh, I guess, instruction on how to say this. A Luther mania. Oh, my close. You're, you're so close. That's like... So, tell me, tell me, how do, how do you say it? A Lutheromania. A Lutheromania. Okay, a Lutheromania. How did you come up with a Lutheromania? Luckily, I didn't. <laughs> Moonhead came up with the name. <laughs> oh, thank you, Moonhead, yeah, to get him on the uh, on the interview with us. Okay. Yeah. So Moonhead did it. He's really good with names. Yeah, coming up with like song names and stuff like that. So yeah, he came up with a name, and it's just meant to encompass kind of the general thing that we were exploring with the album. Eleutheromania means a manic zeal for freedom. So we really explored a lot of those. Um, those thoughts in the in the album lyrically. Eleutheromania is as you explain how to say it, maybe for somebody who's watching or tuning in right now to the podcast, give us the breakdown of how how an easy way to remember how to say it. So someone who repairs guitars is a Luther. So that's like the first half of the word. And then the country Romania. So you just put it together and it's a Luther Romania. A Lutheromania. Now you realize that if a Lutheran is listening right now, they're ecstatic because, oh my gosh, we're being mentioned as a group. <laughs> wow, they're a good one for the Lutherans. A Lutheromania. Got it. And Romania. Now, uh, trope in, in your band's history, you have a real connection to Romania and I guess you might say Eastern Europe. You want to talk about that? That was honestly insane how that kind of happened. We, um, we ended up in Romania kind of by accident. Like we were just pointing our finger on a map and be like, where do we go? Cause we were in Europe. We were supposed to have gone on a, a tour that like, I think three days or so before it was happening, just got canceled. So we still had our tickets and everything. And uh, we ended up in Romania in, um, in this area called sector six. And uh, <laughs> it, it felt like certain stars were aligning in some weird way. Like we, we just were, 
got really creative and wrote a bunch of music and met some just incredible people and played shows there. The venues are amazing. The sound is great. The sound engineers are all wonderful. And um, yeah, so it just, and then I realized like already once we were there that Romania was in the album name. So it was, it was just this kind of like funny little uh, lamppost, if you will, if you believe in that stuff. I, I, I like to believe that there are little signposts along the way. So the song Shout that you cover from Tears of Fears, it's on Romania, And uh, I well just, <laughs> I, I, thank you. And, and um, every time that I've played it for uh, some famous rockers along the way, I mean, really well-known rockers. And I've shared you with that each and every time I would send you a text or, or message you. Uh, every time we always get goosebumps when we hear it, the hair stands up. I mean, it, it evokes some sort of emotion. It just gets to you. And I think that Liberty DeVito said it better. Like, here she is. She's shouting. I mean, it's a bit of a different message than the original shout, but I can hear her shouting. She's really trying to get something out and say it. What is it exactly you're trying to say? It's funny because I was just thinking about this, but the the song Shout to me anyways, there's just certain lyrics in the song. I mean, I like all the lyrics, but there's some lyrics that really, really stood out to me. Like, for example, when um, they say those one track minds that took you for a working boy, kiss them goodbye. You shouldn't have to jump for joy, you know? Mm. And, um, and then the chorus just shout, shout. I think it's just, to me, the song is all about not just accepting the status quo, not accepting the treatment, not accepting the way we kind of just put each other in boxes, you know, like we're so much oh. more than we give each other credit for. And, and sometimes we're in these situations where we feel they're, um, they're like, maybe they could be so many different things. It could be like a bit of a hostage situation that we put ourselves in or, or different like jobs or whatever it is that we're just not content in. And we shouldn't like, or even the status quo of, of the world or our country or whatever it is that we, we shouldn't just um, because we're here feel like we need to smile about it or, or appease, right. you know, it's okay to just to not be okay, you know, with the status quo and to say something about it and to want to change it, even if that's internally as well. Those are all good thoughts. I just think for somebody in my position, even though I, I don't like a lot of the labels, I don't like how a guy like me has been depicted over the past five or six years. I don't think it's fair because you can't just have a blanket statement about what a person is based on the way they look or their age or their gender. I really don't think it's fair. Mm -hmm. And I, at the same time, I don't think that if I was to even say those things, I would last very long. I'd be canceled. Mm -hmm. I think this idea of you really disturb me as an individual, you offend me. So therefore I'm going to cancel you or I don't like the way you're talking. I'm going to cancel you. I don't like your political point of view. I'm going to cancel you. Uh, or you've seen it time and time again. Now, not everybody that has been canceled is somebody that I agree or disagree with. I just don't think it's fair. I totally agree. I think it's a really big problem. Like it's, yeah. And then yeah, also I, like something that you may have said like 15 years ago that, I mean, I just think we're all subject to evolution. So not giving giving someone the chance to evolve and just discover new ideas or even learn maybe about different perspectives that maybe they can think about something differently or 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 not you know like it's just uh, i agree yeah how many times have you seen somebody that made a remark a year or two ago and they bring it up and now they get fired well excuse me 
if it was okay two years ago and you let it go by, let's not make a big deal of it now. Like the person that's all upset about it has no skeletons in their closet. They never made any mistakes. Or as a teenager, you didn't say something stupid. I think at any age, we're just so, we're so fallible. Like that's just uh, human nature. You know, we're always learning and, and, and stumbling on, on rocks and then having to pick ourselves up again. And then it's just, we're all on a different like curve of like, you know, of, 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 learning <laughs> so it's just yeah i, I agree yeah i like that a lutheran mania is fascinating you have a, a variety of tracks in this album when someone asks me what kind of band is trope i go well a really good band how's that a rock band you want more specific progressive rock a replacement for rush i don't know i don't know how to explain trope no, so i'll ask you that question <laughs> Uh, because I'm having a hard time explaining sometimes when people go, what, what, how would you define trope? I'm like, great music. What do you want from me? A good rock band. Uh, but that there's, it never seems to be enough. So how would you describe trope yeah, as a I, band? I, I think trope is, trope is an alternative rock band with progressive elements. So that's like the, like the very, like, I think at most accurate um, description. Our next album that said is turning out to be very progressive so once we release that, then maybe calling us a progressive alt rock band, it would be more of an accurate thing. But yeah. uh, right now we're we're an alternative rock band with progressive elements, and I mean, yeah, just like very influenced by bands even like like Soundgarden, who had a lot of songs in differing time signatures that you may not have noticed because they were more focused on the song, maybe the song itself, than like making you aware of the fact that they're changing time signatures throughout. So that's what we try to do as well, like have things really flow. So that the listener might not listen, might not hear it on first take, but if they deep dive or if they're interested in those kind of technical music sides of things, then they would pick it up. You'd be surprised how many times people miss something that's part of a song and have to listen to it for years before they finally catch on. I think I was listening to America, Sister Golden here, surprised. I, I, I could have swore that there was a, a count at the end, like one, two, three, four. I'm like, I have never heard that before. Oh. Sometimes I will listen to a song like, this this happened a while ago, but I immediately thought of this. Never paid attention to the drumming on Hot Legs by Rod Stewart. Oh. First off, Carmine Apice, who's the drummer on that, is a friend of mine. I, I've known him for a long time, over 20 years, right? And I noticed that, wow, he hits the, the cymbal in unique places when they go hot legs, right? And I never noticed that before. I'm like, hey, Carmine, what made you decide to hit the cymbal when he says hot leg, Oh, that's really interesting. Or when I listen to We Didn't Start the Fire, right? Is that the Billy Joel song you like, Soph? Yeah. We didn't start a fire. And I'm listening to the drummers, uh, the drumming in there, Liberty DeVito, another friend. He was with Billy Joel Band. And I noticed, well, they, they brought some bongos in on that. I never really paid attention to how good the drumming is in that song until more recently and i thought of it yeah, same it thing is, yeah it, it happens with all bands right yeah. that you you've, you've discovered something new what are some I of the bands that, that uh, inspire uh you and trope besides soundgarden that you mentioned yeah uh, i think uh, carnival is another band that we uh, really really like uh, they're also they're they're quite a progressive rock band um uh, i i personally really like uh, incubus porcupine tree uh, Nina Simone, Jeff Buckley are my favorites, uh, especially Nina Simone. As of now, she's my favorite artist of all time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I love Seal. We 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 love Tool and uh, Perfect Circle. There's so many bands. I don't. Um, Alice in Chains. 
a lot of the you know the 90s alt rock movement stuff inspires inspired us i could just imagine a kid 14 15 turning on the radio new hd yay and hearing that thinking wow man that trope can really write songs it's got to make you feel really good Zach, yeah it, i mean thank you it's uh it's definitely i i, I mean I, I to pass the the hat to moonhead for a second and his arrangement on it it's just uh, yeah. oh my gosh yeah i mean we got to get him on one of these days because it's brilliantly put together right brilliantly arranged nobody would there's where the genius comes in on how he did that how he yeah. was able to craft the sound because it definitely is a departure from the original dramatically if you listen to an old Howlin' Wolf song or Willie Dixon song and then listen to Led Zeppelin one and what Led Zeppelin did to some of those songs it's the only thing that I can equate it to like taking that and making it into something heavy now your album Eleuthero Mania we play every track on New HD you know that, right? Thank uh, you, yeah. And what I used to like to do is every time we played uh, a band, including Trope, it would go at Trope the band, and you would be alerted via the tweet. But now Twitter sucks, and they've clamped down on that kind of stuff because too many tags, and oh. I, I'm really abusing Twitter by doing that, you know, by letting the world know about uh, various artists and the causes that we represent. I mean, I'm, I'm so sorry that Twitter is having such a hard time with it. Meanwhile... So it doesn't you know, no, notify you anymore or what is it? Well, I mean, we, we, we still do the tweets, but it doesn't tag the artist. So you have no idea that we're playing you unless you follow oh, us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It kind of sucks. So anyway, and what that would do is if I went at trope at Robert plant, check out this, it can't do that anymore. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, didn't I just want to say again, Twitter sucks. Well, yeah, social media overall has been bastardized. and <laughs> does pretty much suck. I mean, I can't go on social media these days and not walk away from it with a, a bad mood. Come on. Does everybody have to give their pithy little comments about everything going on and let me know what the news is? Yeah, I think social medias can be very, very harmful for our mental health, but <laughs> we're not talking about that enough, no. but we will, I'm no, sure. But it, I, it I will, just, things I, take time to like then get, ex, not exposed, but shown more light upon. So I just, it was just annoying me. I just wanted to say the one good thing I was doing got stopped. I mean, they don't stop the bad stuff. They stop the good stuff. Well, if you keep doing we, the good thing, eventually it'll, it'll break through. <laughs> you know, let's 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 change focus. Let's talk about some of the other tracks on Eleutheromania, which I'm so glad that we had that discussion, the, the linguistics on how to say it. I'm so proud of myself that I, I'm doing so well with it. Every single one of the songs is fantastic on the album. Every single one. And I think there's like correct me if I'm wrong, there's either 10 songs or 14. I, I lost count. How many songs are on the album? It's a 10 that might feel like 14, but yeah, there's, there's just there's, 10. There's 10. All right. I knew, I knew it was. Singles, so that's why there's 14 tracks like in our Spotify right now. Okay. All right. See, I was somehow subconsciously putting that together, but the average album is 10 tracks. All right. Average album goes about 45 minutes. What was the process of putting the album together? How much was done pre COVID-19? So everything was done pre COVID-19. The whole album was tracked and uh, mixed and mastered beforehand. And uh, the process was we recorded the album in Vancouver at Armory Studios and Hipposonic Studios. Um, we did most of it in, in Hipposonic, which was formerly uh, Little Mountain Sound. And uh, we worked there with uh, Mike Fraser, who engineered the album, and, and Moonhead was produced the, the whole album. And then we sent it uh, to David Bosch, who then mixed it out of Toronto. 
And then uh, to Ted Jensen, who at the time was in New York, and he mastered it. I wonder if Ted did my uh, form of mastering, where you just bring in an Ado Adobe Edition and use a multiband, and you go raise the vocals and hit. I wonder how I he don't, did it. I don't know. Ted Ted is a pretty is a magician. He is absolutely wonderful and a wonderful human. Like uh, he and his partner Diane, um, his wife Diane, they're just like just really, really, uh, really good people. And yeah, it's, That's good. it's been it's been nice through this to to get to speak to them more and uh and get to know them better uh, like they i got to talk really to ted great champions i, I want to know what his secrets are because he did a really good job mastering it i i did the duke ellington in that album and i just pretty much did what i told you and they thought it was terrific and i'm like oh very great well you know ted's mastered like almost every album that not almost every album in the world but like he's like name an album that you heard of he's probably mastered it like he's just yeah, he's he's just done so much work. Now you're you're working on a new album while you're sending out this album, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, so we are. tell us a little bit about this new album and when we can expect it to be released and maybe give us a tease about some of the tracks that are coming out. And are you gonna do any other covers? We are slated to do a cover an album. So that's for sure. Oh, that's uh, a great idea. Pretty that's much. Yeah. Yeah, because there's just so many songs that we love that we wanna kind of explore in in this trope kind of soundscape or whatever and um so yeah so definitely we'll be doing a cover not sure exactly which one yet but um the album itself is turning out to be quite progressive right now we're just working on like idea snippets so um moonhead has a couple like has a bunch of different produced tracks and um i'm uh, working on melody ideas to them and we're just kind of looking at things very piecemeal at this point and mm -hmm. so far it's shaping it up to be quite progressive um, it's it's going to be a lot more progressive than the current album that we just released. And there will be a lot more like harmonies and just different kind of things that we explore. Fantastic. Now, how would you define progressive? Because that's something that I think is really hasn't been quite defined in some time. It, it's a generational thing. For instance, I would call yes, progressive, but you wouldn't call that progressive anymore. And the same thing with maybe prog rock is is a whole different genre. And I, I'm real. I got to tell you, I'm I'm really kind of ignorant when it goes down that it's it's that confusing yeah I, I i'm confused about it myself so the way i think about it and maybe it's it's wrong or right but progressive to me is is two things it's one of them is potentially if uh, if songs have a lot of time signature changes or not common time signatures like if they're in a seven or in an eight and uh, sorry nine on me or a 15 or a five or you know if they do that kind of jump that to me is something that feels progressive to me and then also if um, songs don't follow a standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge out, whatever chorus out type of. I see. So if the structurally it's not progressive, like sometimes progressive music to me feels like it has a bit of almost like a classical structure where right. things like evolve and there's no chorus even, you know. So if, mm -hmm. if things take turns, like lots of different turns or things, then that as well to me feels like a progressive element. So I think those two things to me make up a or individually make up a progressive song. It is a tricky, th it, it, it is weird how it's like a bit of a, of a not c super clearly defined thing. Well, it's kind of an enigma, right? I mean, you just don't know what direction it's going to take. Um, in, in that genre, from what I remember, I can't say it's my favorite genre because of that. I don't know how you even define it. You're right. A lot of change up, a lot of unexpected things and sometimes really thematic when they put it together. But it, it, it really depends because like, like, for example, for us, um, we like to, uh, in some ways hide the prog 
the so, the obvious progressive elements, you know. So we, <laughs> we are. That's really progressive. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but it's like we we love songs and things that are song based like like Soundgarden for example like kind of like they hid some of their progressive like you w- might not know that oh they're writing in this like cool crazy time signature or whatever you know so uh-huh. um we like things to flow and there are some bands that are more ostentatious or obvious um in their progressivity or progressiveness <laughs> um like where you all of a sudden you can hear oh there's a time change there you know what i mean so we yeah. like to kind of we're very we like groove and like almost like Neanderthal drum sounds. Good, <laughs> like good, good. I, I, a, I, a uh, smooth type of transition. I, I yeah, love the like bass. I really love what you guys do with the bass and that crunchy guitar sound. Like I told you before, we go back to the beginning of the conversation. Just a yeah. great rock band. I mean, can you just be a great rock band? Do we really have to like you know get into all the specifics now? Let's move over to this Periadola. Did I say it like Periadola? That's a beautiful way for the actually. <laughs> yeah. All right, so how I say it? J'aime ça beaucoup. You got in the scream at the end. How did you do that? Because uh, anytime I try that, forget it. I just can't, can't scream kind of stuff. That's an amazing song. Tell us a little bit of, of the background. First of all, before you even start, the fuzz box on the bass is brilliant. That is just totally awesome how he takes that bass and makes it into a sound that is really an out of tune electric guitar to me, whatever, yeah. however you explain it. Yeah. So, so, um, so this version of the song is not the album version. Um, it's the single version. The single version was mixed, produced and mastered by Moonhead. Um, and uh, I think we just really wanted um kind of a certain type of drum approach and then also we wanted the scream in at the end uh, of this song and that wasn't on the album version because i uh, didn't know how to do that at the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it takes some work to do that yeah yeah like i actually learned it just for this song like because it just felt like it needed it you know we were just like oh it'd just be really great to have that in there like just because the band is going crazy you know and just to have that like energy um in that part but uh yeah, the, the song, uh, how did it, I guess writing-wise, it, ju- it started with a track. And this one was took, anyways, me personally a really long time because Moonhead passed me the track and it changes time time signatures a lot. <laughs> like it's constantly jumping around and, um, and, it, and again, it doesn't sound like it is, but um, and just writing to that was really, really uh, tricky for me um, at first. So it, yeah, it took a while and then it took a while for me to know what the song was about. Uh, and for that to kind of reveal itself and um yeah and I don't know this is one of my favorite trope songs just because I feel like it's us you know it's like it's just very concise and explosive and energetic and it's an affirmation of presence and Mm. um, just of of standing up for for one of evolution actually it's like it's just for me I still come back to it and 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 find things in it you know that I find useful um just because I, I was finding it I was just going through a really challenging time uh, when I wrote the lyrics of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I just didn't know how to find a way out, you know, how to get through all the the layers of like either denial or the layers of, of lies that we tell ourselves or that we believe, you know, or just or, or feelings of like betrayal or all these different like plethora of, of shit, you know, sorry. Yeah, plethora of shit's a way to put it. It felt... <laughs> Every day I wake up, I go, this is a plethora of shit. I, I'm still on the same same wavelength there. Yeah, I, I, I hear the, I feel a plethora of shit every day. 
and bullshit on top of that. (laughs) Sometimes you just feel inundated, you know, and it's just you're not sure what the way through is. And so I think what I found through writing this song is the way through is, is through in inward and just, I know that sounds cheesy, but like kind of just figuring, like, how do you figure yourself out more? You know, how do you become more aware of what is versus what is the lie or the rose tinted glasses we wear, you know, to, you know, you're mentioning some themes that have been brought up by other bands in theory is one of them. Empty Trail, another one out of Texas. I think you might know Rick yeah, Lambert. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, a, I, we, I, uh, I adopted him too. Oh my God. Wow. I, I adopted, <laughs> adopted you. I adopted Whitney. I adopted uh, Rick. And I'm going to declare all of you on the taxes. I'm going to let you all off now. Um, he was saying some of the sort of the same things that you're saying. Never had this conversation with Whitney. I don't know where she is on, on all of this stuff. But And there's a song, there's a song called Nowhere Generation. We're of the nowhere generation. You've heard that song maybe, Rise Against. Rise Against, that's the name of the band. I, I sit there and, and I'm getting ready to play it. I always do the same thing. I go, man, I was born right at the end of the baby boomer era. So December 29th, just a few days left in 1964. So am I really a baby boomer? Am I Generation X? Now, I like the baby boomer guys. I mean, I was raised by World War II people. That was totally awesome. Like John Wayne's, one after another, right? And then you had uh, Generation X. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Then the Y generation, the millennials, and I think we're up to Generation Z. I don't, you know, I don't know where you are on all of these. And I thought to myself, no matter what the generation is, I feel like I'm part of the knower generation. Nobody's really paying attention or hearing me, or I don't know where to go, where I fit in. Uh, you know, I, I don't really relate. I look at some of the people that I went to school with. I think, oh my God. <laughs> You didn't age well at all. What the hell? What have you been doing to yourself? Not that, uh, you know, I haven't aged, but I'm like, oh my God, you look like you got hit by a train. I love hanging out with older people to hear the stories over and over again. I kind of like the younger people because I think they're energetic. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I, I think that, you know, I'm hearing some, some, some of the same things from people in your age group. What's going on? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't even, uh, I don't know if it's an age group thing specifically. I mean, basically like the song is like partly about, uh, and I, I, and I, I don't know if this is again, age specific, but when you go so much out of your way to try to appease people and to try wow. to be a, an image of something that's, um, that's not uh, authentic or, um, or true to yourself. And then, and then you end up getting like backstabbed or, effed over or whatever and then you just realize like i mean when the cycle just keeps whatever the cycle is whatever it when it keeps perpetuating at a certain point you just got to look at yourself you know and so that's what paradoxy is about i don't know if that's an age specific thing or if it's a universal no thing. no it's, it's just a human behavior and programming yeah that we're trying yeah. to unravel through knowing ourselves more um what it, that's what, what it, this song is about it's painful like it's it's it, evolution is is it's it changes hard you know and it's uh and that's what that's I guess what paradoxia is meant to represent. And you attack the microphone, you're angry, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's 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 everything. It's messy, you know, like it's not uh <laughs> do, you, do you think that by your art that it's cathartic for you and that it helps stabilize you when you're not on stage? In other words, when you're just doing the typical Diana Day and you're, you know, hanging out with dad or you know, just uh thinking about what you want to do next or having a muffin. Oh, uh, I don't know what life would be without it. I know that sounds like, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like I, uh, 
I'm obsessed. So I don't know. It, it's just, it is, it is a catharsis for me. It's hugely cathartic Good. and, um, and I need it. And, uh, it's just like, I'm, and that's why like, it's funny. Cause like I had to release this out. We had to release this album for me to then get obsessed with um, the next one, the new, the next one. And also yeah. deep, diving into the next layers of, of like, even like maybe deeper layers of stuff that I, that were hidden through denial or that I didn't want to look at, you know, that now I'm obsessing over how to talk about. Okay. Um, so it is, it is deeply cathartic. Yeah. What are some of those things that really deep down bother you that you, you have to express and, and uh, release, or uh, is that your secret? So there, there's a few reasons to not get too, too specific. One of them is just like, if it's, you know, I, I like things to be somewhat open-ended so that someone listening can draw whatever situation in their life. They very good. That, yeah. that is relevant to them. But um, I will say that in this case, um, it, it does have to do with some of the some of the childhood, you know, deeper issues that um, I think uh, I I didn't want to look at honestly for so long or face okay. like uh, or see, you know, or admit to um, for very, very long. Um, some of that stuff can can be, you know, can take time or, or in my case, it, it's taken a long time. So. Um, it's just been challenging. So, but I, I see how it still affects me and impacts me. So it's something that I finally feel like I have because of the previous learning or whatever, just, you know, learning more about myself or through the, the, the music or exploring ideas. I feel like I'm ready to now talk about this with a clearer perspective. Nobody gets through life unscathed. No. One. Right. And so therefore, you know, you got a choice. You're either going to be frozen, stuck in the mud, or you're going to try to gain some momentum and move out. Uh, you take it in perspective. Here's the other thing. I mean, this is just a human thing. You don't know what it's like to be in the shoes of the other person. You don't know what it's like to be that person that's in prison, or you don't know what it's like to be that person that has a severe case of COVID-19. You don't know what it's like to be that person in a wheelchair. You don't know what it's like to be, you, you don't know what, what joy or hell that they're going through. So the best that we can do is be kind to one another. That's it. I agree. And, and and I'm and I'm actually really convinced that almost everyone deals with some kind of mental health issue, whether it's like depression, anxiety, panic attacks. Like at certain points of our lives, I'm sure everyone has or is dealing with that. I really do believe it's like a, a part of I don't know, like our current existence, just because of how alignment is not something encouraged, you know, it doesn't feel like it's something that's encouraged. It feels like something we have to fight for in ourselves because well, what's encouraged is more the boxes or the, you know, or the, you should be this, or you should be that, or you should not do oh, that. As an artist, female artist, I'm sure that that's all you've had to put up with your entire, does anybody like you ever get to the point like, could you just talk to me like you would, a dude, just to put but it. You, you know what? I yeah. think we're just like that as humans so much to each other. You know, I think that it's just a safety thing. Maybe or it's a fear thing. Like we don't, it's, it's scary to look at someone as outside of something that we can understand, you know, in our own, we're given our own sets of microcosmic uh, circumstances or <laughs> upbringings right. or whatever, you know? So it's just. Well, I root for you. I, I, I hope that uh, you become uh, enormously successful. And the only thing I ask is when you get the Grammy Awards, I'd just like to thank Zach Martin, who was right on the trope chain from the beginning, man, before everybody else. <sighs> you know, well, now cool. that you've got it on a recording, like, how can I not? <laughs> <laughs> now we got proof. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for talking to us. Love the music. Look forward to what you got coming up. You're a great band. Stick to it. You know, maybe Moonhead can do something with Moon Unit. I don't think she's very busy. <laughs> we'll have to have Moonhead on with you one of these days. That would be a lot of fun because I really want to deconstruct Moonhead. 
That would be awesome. This guy is an amazing creature. Um, <laughs> he is an amazing creature. We're going to take a, a quick break. And um, Thank you, Zach. coming up next, you're very welcome. Coming up next, the Sophie Martin and 10 questions that will just mesmerize anybody listening or hearing the Big Fat American Podcast. New HD is a unique media platform giving a means of expression to millions of individuals living on the autistic spectrum as well as other additional needs. Talent meets opportunity on New HD, where the neurodivergent community is given a voice in an environment adapted to their needs. For more information, follow us on Twitter at New HD Radio. It is the Sophie Martin Show on New HD, and we're welcoming back our very good friend, Diana from Trope. What inspired you to become a music artist, and how did you come up with the name Trope for your band? Uh, I think the uh, need to express and uh, both the need to express and feel heard is what inspired me to be a musical artist, aside from obviously the love for that specific medium of expression. <laughs> uh, and uh, the name trope uh, was come up um, by Moonhead and uh, trope means like a cliche. And so what we try to avoid anyways in the writing is we try to avoid cliches, whether successfully or not is I guess up to the listener, but. Tell us about your new album that you've just released. It must be amazing. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we just put it out uh, this past month and uh, it's it's called the Lutheromania. It has 10 songs on it and one cover song, Shout by Tears for Fears. And uh, Lutheromania means a manic zeal for freedom. and. We just, I guess, explore um, different aspects of, of that or of one's own uh, kind of states of being or awareness or whatever have you. I, I guess you have to listen to the record, but there's lots of different themes like addiction and different or bullying or different uh, or just self-empowerment. And <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of goes through a lot of those different themes. Oh, Who were your influences growing up? <laughs> influences were... oh. A temporary guest. <laughs> yeah, that was um, my dad. Yeah, no. uh, influences. Uh, growing up, growing up as a kid, I had a lot of different influences because I just grew up in a house of really eclectic musical tastes. So we were listening to Julio Iglesias and um, uh, Gypsy Kings and Michael Jackson, uh, Tony Braxton. Uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, a lot of the alt-90s rock stuff like Smashing Pumpkins, Garbage, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Incubus, um, Nirvana. So yeah, growing up, th those were my influences at the time. And then I went through a big metal phase where I just was like obsessing over uh, Dream Theater and Symphony X and uh, Nightwish and uh, Sonata Arctica, Dean Borgir, Opeth, the Slayer. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's evolved, I guess, through through the years. Do you have a specific genre of music that you like to listen to? Actually, no, I, I, I don't really go by genre. I listen to a lot of the, a lot of what feels, I, it's hard to describe. I think it's just whatever feels good to listen to. It's not even necessarily what is good or not good. It's just what f feels good. It's like something might be good and I might, it might like, I might not want to listen to it, like just emotionally or whatever it is. But um, definitely there's certain artists that I can always go back to, like Nina Simone and Jeff Buckley are two artists that I can always listen to regardless of anything. Um, and recently, like uh, a new a new band that I've been listening to Actually, they're not that new, but London Grammar um, 
is an act that I, I've really been enjoying uh, as like they, they kind of do folk electronic. I, mean, I don't even know how to define it, but yeah, it's. Who have been some of your favorite people to meet and work with? Uh, Moonhead is one of my favorite people to meet and work with. <laughs> he's the guitar player producer of Trope. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I, I just think he's one of the most talented people I've, I've met. So, and uh, I don't think that's biased if it's true. So, <laughs> um, but I also liked working with, uh, I mean, I loved working with the team on, on this album, like with Mike Fraser and, David Bottrell and Ted Jensen, you know, we were in the studio with Mike Fraser for quite a bit and his just attention to detail was like microscopic. It was amazing. Um, what he, his ears can hear is, is, is really, really cool <laughs> and, and was educational. So that was really, really great. What's up next for your career and how did the pandemic affect everything? I guess the pandemic, uh, it, I guess, yeah, it affected everything. Uh, we were supposed to be on tour uh, we had a, a few tours that we were uh, going to be on that obviously couldn't happen because they uh, wasn't safe slash legal. So, um, but uh, we still, I mean, we, we put out the album uh, regardless and, uh, and then post pandemic, we are looking to, to tour and get the show on the road and, and meet people in person. You know, it's been great connecting online with everyone, yourself included, but it, it would yeah. just be nice to be in a room with with the person <laughs> as a human <laughs> that would just be nice are you looking forward to performing live in concert when it's safe to do so oh my god don't get me started <laughs> yes like more than one can put words to are there any instruments that you've always wanted to play yeah uh, i've always wanted to play the drums yeah i only know like a few little very simple beat and uh very basically but yeah i love the drums i love the drums they're i don't know if they're my favorite it's hard to say what your favorite instrument is because it's just how depends how things come together but i'm such a huge fan of the drums how did you come up with the songs lambs amphetamine and hyperextended and what are they all about lambs uh amphetamine is not our song it is another trope song which is not ours <laughs> and hyperextend uh uh, Moonhead comes up with the songs names for the most part, uh, for most of the songs. Uh, and uh, and what was the next question? You had, there was a, two. The songs, uh, Lambs, Amphetamine, and uh, Hyperextended. And I wanted to know what they were all about. Okay, Amphetamine is not ours, <laughs> just so you know. Um, yeah, different trope, but um, yeah, there, there are a, a, a handful of us running, running amok. <laughs> <laughs> but uh lambs and hyperson lambs is about um i guess they're i mean i'll just group them but uh, lambs and hyperson are both about dealing with uh challenging uh relationships specifically and just uh the different uh emotional like turmoil kind of journeys that you go through <laughs> in tricky relationships you know um i think hyperextend is is kind of more about learning to stand up for oneself and what that looks like, you know, um, just, yeah, like just realizing that you're literally hyperextending and constantly trying to reach to be at someone, to meet someone where they are. And when that consistently just doesn't get returned, you know, and it's just like, you're, you're reaching at things and it's just like, and 
it's 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 even more so like it's not just that it doesn't get returned it's just that you get chat on it's just like at a certain point you're like okay <laughs> how do i uh, break this cycle you know so uh but yeah it's just like and lambs is, is a different is a different beast um but it's kind of got a similar uh same exploration of of of, of you know like those re challenging relationships that you're trying to navigate through and wonder it's like is it and wonder at a certain point it's like where am i responsible for this as well you know so it's not just blaming the other party but it's like okay this is like anything that's recurring i believe anyways is like a a reflection of maybe something that we're putting out there you know so how do i break the cycle what am i doing that's like uh attracting this or whatever have you what was the coolest thing that has happened to you as a music artist what is the coolest thing music is the coolest thing that happened to me as a music artist <laughs> but i mean it like i don't know it's uh yeah, um, I I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, getting getting better at guitar. Um, I think just being able to express oneself more and more through this medium, and it's always like it's always uh, a learning, you know, process. You know, it's like you're never there. I think that's just the coolest part of this whole thing. Uh, Maybe that's my answer today. Maybe tomorrow it'll be different. <laughs> New HD is a unique media platform giving a means of expression to millions of individuals living on the autistic spectrum as well as other additional needs. Talent meets opportunity on New HD, where the neurodivergent community is given a voice in an environment adapted to their needs. For more information, follow us on Twitter at New HD Radio. Follow BFA on Facebook at Big Fat America. Zach Martin on Twitter at Zach Martin Rocks. And Zach Martin on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Zach is on Instagram? I can guarantee he has no clue how to use that. See all the interviews and videos at ZachMartinRocks.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.